I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's going on, Celtics world? It's your boy, Adam Taylor. A little bit of a different episode today. I did have one in the bank. We were going to be publishing one with myself and Will, but obviously there's been a trade overnight, so I'm pushing that one till tomorrow. So, hey, you get an extra podcast on a Thursday. And today we're going to be discussing the Juancho Juancho, uh, Hernan Gomez three-team deal. I'm joined by Tim Shields, a a new member of Celtics blog. If anybody follows me on social media, you would have seen me doing work with Tim for years now. Tim, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Finally, I go to bed early one night and I wake up and a trade happens. (laughs) I mean, not the one you expect either. No, I mean, that's the way it shakes out sometimes, right? I mean, you can see I haven't even, like, I woke up, saw the trade. I've been putting in work ever since. I haven't had time to do my hair or or whatever. But, hey, look, we, we push forward. We, we we progress. We make we make an effort. Yeah, persevere is the word. As you can see, my vocabulary is also short right now. So let's jump into it. We're going to keep this to around 20 minutes. We know everybody's got their day to get on with. But we definitely need to react to this. We definitely need to get our thoughts and opinions out there. So the way the deal shook out, is the Celtics move on from Juancho Hernan Gomez. They receive PJ, PJ Doja and Bol Bol. Both players are injured at the moment. Doja doesn't project to play all season due to an ACL tear. And Bol Bol's out for the next three to four months with a foot injury. If anybody does follow the league closely, you'll know that there was a recent trade between the Nuggets and I think it was the Pistons that got voided by the NBA because Bol Bol failed a medical. And the San Antonio Spurs have got involved. They've sent Brim Forbes over to Denver. The Spurs receive Juancho and a 2027, I think it is, or 2028 second round pick. 2028, yeah. 2028 second round pick from the Nuggets too. So let's look at it from the Celtics perspective, obviously. It's a Celtics blog podcast. If you're watching on Facebook, I hope everybody's having a good start today. If you're not watching on Facebook, then I still hope everybody's having a good start to the day. Tim, what's your initial thoughts on this, man? I guess my first thought is, is there another deal coming? Because right now you're getting rid of Juancho. Juancho at this point, unfortunately, is basically just a bench spot and filler contract. So by doing this deal, you're taking on two players who have less money. And I guess the thought process behind it, and I know that Keith Keith Smith, if you're not following him, follow him. Um, also a Celtics blog, is a cap expert. He's the one who suggested that the Celtics would be taking both Dozier's contract and Bull Bull's contract into the uh, Kemba Walker trade exception. And therefore, they're going to create a new trade exception out of Juancho Hernan Gomez's contract. It also helps the Celtics get below the tax line. So that helps them avoid the tax right now. But it just feels to me like there's another move coming just based on the way that they're trying to position themselves. It helps them out now in terms of avoiding the tax, but it also gives them more contracts that they can trade down the line as well as another trade exception. So there's just some weird implications with it. Yeah, I think one of the things that we need to kind of preface as well is the Celtics are taking back two players. The reason they can do this is because they waived Jabari Parker earlier in the season, well, earlier this month to be precise, which opened up that second roster spot. As you say, there is a chance that they're bringing these two guys in using a TPE, means they make a new TPE. The good thing about that is you reset the clock, right? You get a fresh 12 months to use that. Obviously, the Celtics find value in these TPEs, otherwise they wouldn't keep creating them. I think the other thing that we need to look at as well is the fact that Doja's actually, when healthy, he's a good piece. He's a good player. 
Um, you're going to hold his bird rights. You're going to hold Bol Bol's bird rights. If I'm correct, Dozier is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Bol Bol correct. will be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So you've got an opportunity there to get a bit of a look at Bol Bol when he's healthy, make a decision on whether you think he could become a valuable player for your team or whether he's just going to be a filling salary that you're going to let walk at the end of the year. Dozier, I think, will project to be a little bit more uh, of a potential player on, a, on this rotation should the Celtics decide to keep him. Obviously, they're not going to actually get to see him train, so it's going to be difficult there. Uh, I do think I did see um, Keith put out a tweet as well. Keith Smith put out a tweet saying that the Celtics are probably still one move away from being completely under the luxury tax. Oh, So... Um, he, I'm, I don't know. I haven't read his uh, full, fully got through his piece yet, so that may be he may have found a different loophole they could use. Uh, but as things stand, I'd assume that there might be one more trade. Now, we've got Martin, who's left a comment here from Facebook, saying you can't help but be disappointed. Um, he'd hoped that the Hernan Gomez contract would be used in a much larger deal and not a classic salary dump. I think a lot of us felt like that. I think that, you know, we all, in, in our heads, Hernan Gomez's contract was a great filler. In, in any bigger deal or where the Celtics could have kind of slid on in there in a similar way as what the Cavs did to facilitate a larger deal and pick up a, a core piece or a very valuable piece, kind of what the Cleveland Cavaliers did for Jarrett Allen. Unfortunately, the Celtics don't project to be a contending team this year. I think we've all accepted that at this point. If you haven't, then kudos to you. You're forever the optimist. Um, but if you're not going to be a contending team, I don't see the value in paying the luxury tax because if you're contending or you feel like you you could really go for that deep run and something could have... Um, sorry, someone's just left a funny comment I'll put up on the screen in a moment. But if you feel like you could have a deep playoff run, then paying the tax is worth it because you're getting close. And you, once you're in that playoff environment, you never know how far you can go. Sometimes the team camaraderie and the pieces you've got are just better suited to playoff basketball than they are regular season basketball. But for this year, it does make perfect sense. I think that... Hernan Gomez as well, like um, my outlook on this is you're not really losing a core piece of the rotation, not even a peripheral piece of the rotation. Hernan Gomez was completely and utterly restricted to like a third or fourth string big man. Garbage time minutes, played in 18 games out of a possible 44, averaged 5.3 minutes a game during that time. It's not like... Um, it's not like they've lost, basically. Not, they haven't lost anything, to be precise. Now, I've got a few people just coming in late. So I know everybody that's listening on the podcast, you've already heard us say this, but let us just uh, reiterate for people watching on the live stream. The Celtics sent out Juancho Hernan Gomez to the San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs sent Bryn Forbes to the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets sent Bol Bol and PJ Dozer to Boston and a 2028 second-round pick to the Spurs. So that was the three-team deal that happened. We've had someone here saying, can't we trade Udoka instead? I don't think it works that way. Um, <laughs> it's too, he hasn't been here long enough to even have any trade value at this point. <laughs> I'm just kind of thinking now, like, what could be next, right? you still got Dennis Schroeder as an expiring deal. You've still got a few different pieces around you that are, are very movable. But at the same time, uh, Keith Smith also put a tweet out during when this was the news was kind of breaking saying like uh, this kind of feels like the Celtics are definitely trying to get under the salary cap. So I don't think any major deal is going to be on the cards. If you're trying to get under the cap, it feels to me like you're accepting that this season's more about development. But my biggest point there is then you need to be giving these young guys minutes to play. Yeah, and I think that's probably part of it. Like they're clearing out 
space in terms of you're getting under the cap, you're worrying about you should have drafted Bull Bull. Uh, that can be debated if you want, but I think right now it says that this is from Woj about seven hours ago. Boston has no immediate plans to waive Dozier or Bull Bull, certainly not before the tra- trade deadline. Uh, Bull could return this season, and both Bull and Dozier bird rights could be useful for the Celtics. So maybe it's a concept of these are guys that we can keep later down the line if we want to. And at the very least, look, I, I know that people like Juancho's contract in terms of using it in a trade, but I'm at the point in time right now where I don't think that they would need to use his salary, nor do I think outside of salary he has much value. Like I'm surprised, genuinely surprised that they were able to just dump him off to the Spurs, and they're not really getting a lot in value. You're getting two guys who are hurt right now. So like, let's get that out of the way. Right now, I think Boston is more concerned about the money, and that's like you said, it, it's a sign of the times, but also kind of disappointing. And I, I just figure there has to be more going on right now. There has to be other pieces that are going to potentially be on the move, whether it be Dennis Schroeder or Josh Richardson. I hope not Josh Richardson, but you know, there there's other moves to be made is what I'm saying. Yeah, my, my outlook on it is though, it's not going to be a move to put you in contention. You don't try and move away from the tax line to then expect you to make a, a secondary move that's all of a sudden you're a contending team. It just doesn't seem to work like that. You've also got rid of one of your most tradable assets and brought back two assets that aren't really movable due to those injuries. Teams aren't going to be willing to take on those guys in a bigger package for a, a star. Like, you know, you can't go to to Philadelphia and be like, hey, we're going to give you two guys that won't play all year and please give us Ben Simmons. You can't go to Portland and do the same for Damian Lillard, etc. So... That's why I'm like, more deals are probably likely. You could probably see Dennis Schroeder move on, maybe Josh Richardson, maybe there's a package somewhere to bring in a a veteran that's got a year or two left on his contract. But expecting to be now going out and being like, hey, we've got a bit more room under the luxury tax, let's go and find a start. you've, You've weakened the ability to make that deal. Me personally, I think Doja could be a piece that sticks long term um you know he was playing well for the nuggets last season he's played a few games this year was part of their rotation and it's fair to re- like one of the biggest things to remember is the nuggets went healthy i mean they've been without jamal murray all year michael porter jr's gone down for the season when healthy they're a contending team in the west they're, they're not like they're not scrubs and doja was getting minutes on that con- on that roster when they were a contending team. So you can see the level of talent that he has. Obviously, you don't know what type of player you get back from an ACL injury. But at the same time, in the modern NBA and the advancements in medical science and blah, 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 ACLs are no longer career-ending. You know, it, It's not one of those things where it's a career-altering in, injury anymore. You see guys come back and be as good, if not better. Zach Levine's had two ACL injuries. He's, he's turning into one of the best... Um, best wings in the NBA right now. He's, he's dominating for Chicago. So I just don't see it being uh, the biggest loss in terms of he's had an ACL injury, but he could still come up, turn around and stick. Well, especially for the Celtics, who don't have necessarily the best bench rotation for wings, or at least not the most dependable. And people also have to remember that PJ Dozier was in Boston before he was part. I think he was originally on a G league contract and let him go, <laughs> but I like the return of P.J. Dozier, even if he is hurt. I am interested to see if he sticks beyond this year as he's recovering from that injury. I think he could provide some solid minutes for the Celtics off the bench. And plus, he already has Boston ties. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but his cousin was Reggie Lewis. That's why when he was with the G League affiliate Celtics, he wore the number 35. That was part of it. But 
P.J. Dozier is a guy that I liked. And yeah, they knew what he was before as well. I think that helps. And I, he, like you said, Adam, he was pretty good for the Nuggets. Like there's a point yeah. in time where he was a solid rotation piece. So granted, it's it's terrible that he's hurt right now and you're not going to be able to see him play this year. But hey, more minutes for the young guys. We have to see what's going to happen with Neesmith and Langford too. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit disappointed that Bryn Forbes ends up in Denver and not in Buster. He was a guy that I thought would have really helped with the floor spacing off the bench. He was also a guy that I had listed on my reasonable shooters uh, to trade for coming up to the trade deadline. I thought he would be available, which evidently he was. Um, I thought he'd be achievable in terms of finding a deal that would work. Evidently, you could have. Unfortunately, he, he's been rooted to Denver in this trade. So we did get a Boston trade for Forbes. It's just Boston didn't receive Forbes. <laughs> so, you know, I was 80% of the way there. We just didn't Pretty get close. that final 20%. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> su- super, um, super valuable piece himself. He's going to go to Denver, give them some floor spacing. And then look, let's just look at Bol Bol. So I'm put a nice little comment here that I kind of agreed with on Facebook. I'll read it out for anyone listening. And obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube later, then that's completely understandable. You can find all these Celtics blog podcasts over on YouTube at Adam Taylor NBA. They're under a playlist called Celtics Blog Podcast. But someone was like, they felt like we should take the Celtics should have taken a punt. on Bol Bol previously during the draft. And his argument was, which made sense, they took Taco 4 over Bol Bol, and Bol Bol is a more dynamic player. I wouldn't say better because, you know, both of these guys are high-level G League players at the moment. We haven't seen enough to call them um, NBA rotational talent. We just haven't, unfortunately. You know, but Bol Bol can stretch the floor, can shoot the three, seems a little bit more mobile than Taco. Similar size. Um, I'm not sure he sticks long-term. I think if Boston keep him next year, then he's going to spend most of the year in Maine. Um, I also just don't see there being a huge market for him either. So it's not like you can keep him and then look to flip him because, again, there's not a huge market for Bol Bol. If there was, then you wouldn't have picked him up as a dump. You know what I mean? As a salary dump from Denver's side. And they've been trying to get off of him for a while, evidently by the trade that eventually got voided to Detroit as well. Yeah, the one thing I want to note too with that specifically with Bol Bol over Taco, Taco was signed as an Exhibit 10 contract, so he wasn't actually drafted by the Celtics. And to be fair, in that same draft, uh, I was screaming, especially as he fell into the second round, to try and scoop Bol Bol. Um, I I thought that would have been a good second round pick with that choice. Um, Jared Wise yesterday, interesting comment he gave me. You know what? I don't hate that. I'm See, assuming you're, you're taking that chance, People are going to be listening to this. So we've had Greg, who's a co-host on the podcast. What's up, Greg? Um, Greg. Said that he was um, speaking with Jared Weiss. It's going to be a Nurkic and CJ McCollum idea. One or the other, I'm assuming, not both. Maybe both, actually, because of the Horford contract. Neesmith plus Romeo plus Horford plus a first should be able to land you Yusuf Nurkic and CJ McCollum. Now, if you do that, then great. But again, I still don't think that puts you in contention. And I'd still like to stay below the, the luxury tax line for that specific reason. Um, so I'm, I'm there with you, Greg. I'm there with you. I'm just also very much along the lines of this deal feels like it was more out of necessity to save money 
than it was to put you in a position to make future deals to be a contender this year. This is all this to me seems like not waving the white flag, like he's still going to try and be as competitive as possible, but you're not really banking on a huge playoff run this year. That's that's the impression I've got from this trade. I think that's totally fair. And I mean, even right now, the Celtics aren't necessarily that far out of the race. It's more so the product that we've seen on the court. They are starting to turn a corner, but again, we've seen a lot of Jekyll and Hyde from the Celtics this year. Like, is it going to actually be a permanent change? Are they going to keep playing with this passion? Are they going to be able to continue to win close games? You know, there's a lot of factors that go into these sort of decisions. My only process of like thinking around this one is maybe maybe they're trying to clear out dead salary cap that's not being used. Like Quancho wasn't being played. It was just money that was just sitting there. So maybe they're trying to clear out some money, knowing full well they're going to take on some money and they need to be able to still stay under that tax line, but take on players that are actually going to be able to help them. So I don't know. I'll, I won't sit here and pretend to know what the Celtics are going to do next, but at the very least, it's worth mentioning that they are trying to position themselves for a successful future. And how do you feel from? Uh, so we spoke about Forbes going to Denver. We know how we are. We know how we feel about that now. We know how I personally feel about Forbes not being on a Boston Celtics roster, despite the Boston Celtics being involved in the Bryn Forbes trade. So the only other team that that really leaves us is San Antonio, right? So for me, do you, like the question I, we really need to answer now is: Do we think Hernan Gomez gets minutes on this first team? Like because you want him to do well. At the end of the day, you want everybody to go on and have. Uh, a productive career they get that they get that future second round pick that's kind of just filler that'll probably get flipped in another deal i, I still get this, the the feeling that the spurs are kind of towing the line between entering a full rebuild and being a contending like they, they don't want to enter that rebuild until greg popovich retires you know so they're not trying to contend but they're trying to remain respectable will be the best word. So compiling assets now that they can flip in deals once they begin to uh, enter rebuild, once Greg Popovich eventually says, right, I'm done, I'm hanging up the clipboard, that makes a bunch of sense to me. For now, they're not going to do that. So Hernan Gomez is a piece that they will likely try and utilize it some way or another. And look, at the end of the day, Hernan Gomez isn't great, but he's a big man that can stretch the floor. He can move well off the ball. He can defense a little bit. He, he, he There's value to his game if he can get the minutes and the consistency he needs to be an impactful player. He just didn't get that in Boston. I mean, it's funny how, like, Woj really only says, like, one blurb about, like, the Spurs <laughs> <Yeah>. getting <laughs> The Spurs get a versatile wing for the bench. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, that's very, that's very generous. I mean, in theory, Juancho should be able to spread the floor, and I wish that he was able to do that for Boston. I, I definitely am starting to think the Spurs are putting up a for sale sign only because Bryn Forbes was one of like their best trade pieces. So I, I do wonder how much longer we're going to see the Spurs kind of float in this weird space of like trying to be like a fringe playoff team, but also not fully going into the tank, like you said. But I don't know. I think I think the Spurs might be making some deals soon. We can always hope that there'll be some pieces on the move. We already know how we feel about DeJounte Murray, but again... If you're making a deal like that, are you trying to make some kind of respectable playoff push past the second round this year? Like, I don't know. It's this. So weird. I saw Chris Grenham tweet something out about an hour ago, um, basically saying this was the first trade that's ever involved the Boston Celtics and San Antonio Spurs. Yep. The first one. It's never been done before. And the player that we all wanted didn't come to Boston anyway. But that's dope, right? Like to just see that little bit of NBA history happen. 
the first trade between the two the two franchises. Will it be the last? Who knows? Maybe we could interest them in an Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, plus whoever package to bring in a point guard named Murray. We're dreaming. <laughs> That's not likely to happen. The money wouldn't work. I just don't think that would ever happen. I'm just uh, just trying to add a little bit of humour here on this Wednesday morning. I think like we've pretty much covered everything, right? I mean, we've seen we've got a little bit of fan reaction in the comments. We know that some people are, see this as a good trade. Some people wish that Celtics would have held off and used Juancho as part of a bigger deal. But again, I think the biggest takeaway here is the Celtics know they're not going to be a legitimate contender this year. And this is very much geared towards getting under that luxury tax, saving a little bit of money, and then maybe looking to retool the roster in the offseason and go again. Uh, all I can say now is I hope if that's the case, and this is the the start, the slow start of lifting that white flag, then we're going to start seeing more developmental time for these young guys because evidently they're going to need to either A, improve, or B, rebuild some trade value ready for the offseason. Bingo. Awesome. Everybody, if you've been if you've enjoyed this show, if you're watching on Facebook, make sure you follow the Celtics Blog podcast on any of the podcasting platforms out there. Just search Celtics Blog. Leave a five-star review. Write something nice. If you're listening on the show, you know what to do by now. Leave that review. Write something nice. Or go and tell everybody about it. Tell your, your best friend, your best friend's best friend, your hairdresser, your nail guy or girl. I don't know what you're up to. Uh, whether you're going go-karting on the weekend, whether you've got a dog walker, maybe you get an Uber Eats driver that seems really cool and stops and has a chat with you every now and again. Make sure you just use that word of mouth to spread this podcast around, spread that love. As I said, we did have a podcast in the chamber for today. That's been pushed to tomorrow. So you're going to get this one today, one tomorrow, one Friday. Who can moan about that? So much Celtics content as we get closer to that February 10th trade deadline. And hopefully we can see some more deals from between now and then. Tim, thank you for jumping in, man. I appreciate you. Of course, not a problem, man. Always Welcome to, to the Celtics Blog team, brother. Um, everybody make sure to follow Tim on social media. He's new over at Celtics Blog. He's going to start putting some stuff out there soon. Uh, that's about it. Everybody have a safe Wednesday. Hopefully we get more details, maybe an extra trade. Maybe they redirect Bol Bol to, I don't know, the moon. We don't know. We'll find out. Everybody stay safe. Cheers. Ain't disrespecting you haters. I ain't sweating your opinion. Y'all been testing my patience. Never did it for a check. I've been impressed with the famous. Just rather be creative than stressing my wages. Ageless every time I lay a verse down. One play at a time. Keep it moving like a first down. And at the end of the day, I can say that I made this. MJ never made it to the major. Still, he chased greatness. Expected that he might fail. And I might too. I might never get to pop champagne. Celebrating with the crew. This ain't 